radical dude. That's awesome. If you've ever seen extreme skiing or extreme mountain climbing on TV or on the Internet, then you know that some people love pushing to the edge of what's possible. They like a real thrill. People who touch the edge and do something that's never been done before are often considered radical. It can be a skateboarder, it can be a snowboarder, a skier, a musician, an artist, a gymnast, or whatever. Two nights ago on the news came the story of Lucy Westlake from Illinois, who just became the youngest woman ever at the age of 18 to climb Mount Everest. When questioned about her impressive feat, she said she loves to push the limit. She's already climbed the highest spot in all 50 states, and she's on her way to climbing the highest spot on all seven continents. For some people, there is a drive to go where no one has ever gone before. As an old Star Trekkie, that, uh, that resonates. With technology, commercials and movies defy our senses with the wow factor. Music videos do the same with their strange and bizarre juxtapositions, which, quite honestly, I seldom understand. All of these are little media bites They're very short images that cause us to say to ourselves, wow. The trouble is that they are very short-lived. They are fleeting images which rapidly move one to another, touching on the edge of wonder and amazement, but seldom lingering quietly for any length of time. And in our culture, we've become accustomed to a sort of rapid-fire entertainment. And with anything less, we tend to get bored in a hurry. Think about media sensations like TikTok and Instagram. Anything more than a couple of minutes is too long. I'd like to suggest that these bites of images which touch the extreme actually can take the sense of They can take the bite out of our sense of wonder. Now, are rapid, wild images, commercials, TikToks, and videos bad in and of themselves? Well, that subject could certainly be debated. All I want to say for this morning is I believe they can numb or distract us from touching a much deeper and more profound sense of wow. Wow. In some ways, this has always been true, but it seems like it's harder now than ever to get and then keep the attention of young people. Uh, I started teaching confirmation, and I couldn't keep young people's attention for just an hour. So what I did is I broke it down into seven-minute segments. And every seven minutes, they got one minute off to go get a drink, stand up, whatever. And so we had several breaks in one hour, but I kept their attention. You see, on one level, 
it could be that it takes more stimulus and quick-moving excitement, as the whole media industry can now do. But at another level, could it be that the deeper, quieter, more reflective ability to wonder is being lost? One of our kids was diagnosed with a form of ADD when going off to college. And I'd like to suggest it be used as an overlay for those of us in the church. And some churches cater to this, by the way. They have big screens and they put up quick medias, things and videos for a minute just to get everybody's attention and get everybody kind of... I'm not knocking that, but that's a different style. What I want to say is that could it be that we all have some kind of attention deficit when it comes to our spiritual and faith lives? And so I'm wondering if, if all of us, adults and young people alike, aren't deficient in our wonderment. The British novelist and poet G.K. Chesterton put it this way, The world will never starve for wonders, only for want of wonder. Now, I think most people who are open to God, most of you in their lives, they want to touch the edge of wonder and beyond, but so often we just don't take enough time to do it. Or perhaps we simply take life for granted and tend not to see the extra in the ordinary. Listen to the words written 1,400 years ago by St. Gregory the Great. Those things which are full of marvels for an investigation deeper than we can reach have become cheap from custom in the eyes of people. He then gave some examples. If a dead person is raised to life, everyone springs up in astonishment. Yet every day, one that had no being is being born. And no one wonders, though it is plain to all without doubt that it is greater thing for that to be created which was without being than for that which had being to be restored the birth of a baby. Every day, a tree is produced from the dry earth, and no one wonders. 5,000 people are fed with loaves and fish, and yet every day, grains of seed that are sown are multiplied enough to feed the entire earth's population. All wondered to see water once turned into wine. Every day the earth's moisture being drawn into the root of the vine is turned by the grape eventually into wine, and no one wonders. Full of wonder, then, he concludes, are all the things which people never think to wonder at because they are, by habit, become dull to the consideration of them. Attention deficit disorder is nothing new when it comes to to wonderment, for as I said, those words were written some 1,400 years 
ago. Here again, just a portion of the psalm text. And I know it was the whole psalm, but it's always good to read the psalms in their entirety. That's the way they were written, so uh, thanks for bearing with that. But uh, Roy read for us, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down. And you are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in, behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. The world is a mystery. That the world is, is a mystery. Science tells us a great deal about how, how the world is, I was fascinated by astronomy when I was in college, so I took two classes. I took both solar and stellar astronomy. I've always been fascinated by the night sky. And my, oh my, was I impressed this past week to see that picture of the black hole in our own galaxy. If you didn't see it, I highly recommend it. You see, science describes many phenomena and their behavior and their mutual interactions with one another, how, how everything exists in the, in the solar system and our galaxy and so forth. But before the sheer fact of the world's existence, that there is a world at all, that anything at all exists, we can only stand in awe, in awe. Before the primal mystery of being, our human speech fails. So I should probably just sit down. Shut up and sit down. But I'll go on. Because the contemporary Catholic theologian, Richard Rohr, shares this very important insight. He said, We've got to consistently remind ourselves that we don't know. Imagine how our politics and our churches could change if we had that kind of humility in our conversations. It just doesn't seem possible anymore. Both politics and religion are filled with people clinging to certitudes on every side of every question. And this makes civil and humane conversation largely impossible because there's no humility there's no openness to mystery as being that which is always unfolding. Mystery is not that which is not understandable. Mystery is that which is endlessly understandable. On a personal note, I have come to discover that the more I know of myself, the more I know there is to know. I do not know myself completely. And I bet you don't either, if you're honest. The deeper I go in myself, I see that I, myself, am a mystery. 
For me, part of the religious journey is the mystery in me reaching out to the mystery in you and all the world around. And mystery can be touched in the creation around us just as it can be touched in other people. Part of the deepening of friendship or marriage is mystery reaching out to mystery. It is the mystery in one reaching out to the mystery in another. Now, some people in life want to have everything figured out and nailed down. I suspect they've closed themselves off from God and any real sense of wonder. A story from many years ago. It is not meant to be political. It simply makes the point. Margaret Anderson was editing The Little Review, a radical journal which printed many poems and articles as baffling as Delphic Oracle. Upton Sinclair, who, by the way, ran for governor here in California back in 1934, at the time he was editing a socialist paper, he wrote to Miss Anderson, Please do not send me your magazine anymore. I can't understand anything in it, and so do not want it any longer. To which Miss Anderson wrote back, Please do not send me your socialist paper anymore. I can understand everything in it, so do not want to receive it anymore. So too in life, when we understand it all, most all the awe departs. As one of the founders of modern physics, Max Planck, observed, Every problem solved unfolds another mystery. It doesn't reduce mystery. The old scientific notion of previous centuries that mystery is gradually evaporating with the advancement of discovery and knowledge simply is not true. The great scientific minds know that mystery grows along with knowledge. Science and religion both, instead of bumping up against each other, they both bump up against mystery. Science and religion require faith. As thinking Christians with incredible minds given to us by God, we are to live into the mystery with both science, and faith. Awe. Awe is a wonderful way of being in rapport with the mystery of all reality, which ultimately is all a part of God. Is not wonder then, in some form or another, the basis of our worship? If you knew it all, if I knew it all, would we even be here today? And would you respect a God you could completely figure out? I doubt it. 
I seriously doubt it. How weighty, are, how weighty to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. I try to count them, and they are more than the sand. I come to the end, and I am still with you. Mystery can only barely be embraced by knowledge. It must also be embraced by faith. Now, I'll probably never know all the mysteries of my existence in the world, and yet by faith, I know my life is strangely and strongly guided by the mysterious experience of God's presence desiring to take firmer hold in my life. Sir James Simpson, the discoverer of chloroform, said that the greatest discovery he ever made was that I have a Savior. I have a Savior. And friends, that leads us to our text from Ephesians that Mickey read for us. Here just a part of that lesson in the context of everything we've been considering this morning. Paul says, This grace was given to me to bring the news of the boundless riches of Christ and to make everyone see what is plain of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. Now stay with me because he really makes a powerful point. I pray that, according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You see, embracing mystery in Christ is not controlling or understanding everything it is participating in mystery with a fullness of faith that only God could intend. It is through the unseen realities and mysteries of life that we can make contact with the love of Christ which passes all human understanding. The mystery, the mystery of life in space and time lies beyond space and time. And wow, that's pretty radical, dude. For that is the fullness of God. A science fiction writer, Ray Bradbury, said, We all go on the same search, looking to solve the old mystery. We will not, of course, ever solve it. We will climb all over it, we will finally inhabit the mystery. Like the phrase, radical dude, the word awesome has been watered down to describe anything more exciting than sliced bread. But inhabiting the mystery, inhabiting the mystery, or as our text puts it, letting the mystery 
inhabit us truly is putting the awe back in us. Today, as we take stock of our lives, as we consider science, faith, and the future, we are blessed by the boundless riches of Christ. So let's, all of us, put the awe back in awesome, such that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith as we are rooted and grounded in love. A love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, a mystery hidden for all the ages. Radical dude, filled with the fullness of God. Amen.